Well, it's one of the biggest weeks in golf in 2021, and it is not a major championship. It's PNC Championship Week. Tiger Woods is back, and we've got all the news and nuggets and reaction as Tiger and son Charlie get ready to put their games on display for the first time this calendar year. Incredibly, just 10 months after Tiger's terrifying car crash in Los Angeles, Rex Hoggart is on site in Orlando. We'll get to him in just a moment in this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Before we get into all things Tiger, keep in mind that Callaway staffer Kevin Na put on a show last weekend at the QBE shootout with an epic speed driver and his Odyssey Tulin Madison putter. Na's team birdied 12 of the last 13 holes on Sunday. That's ridiculous. To take home the victory, which added another win on the year for the epic driver family. Na hit fairways throughout the day and walked in clutch birdie putts as he does. Over the final nine holes, Callaway continues to be the number one driver on major tours worldwide, and Odyssey is the number one putter on every major tour. For more info on all of these tour-proven products, visit CallawayGolf.com. Rex, you are outside the media center. It is a home game for you in Orlando this week. The Ritz-Calden Club in Orlando is the host site for this PNC championship, formerly known as the father-son. Now it is merely the parent-child. And there is no bigger parent-child duo this week, of course, than Tiger and son Charlie. You just watched Tiger's Pro-Am round, the first time we've seen him play golf in 2021. You just heard him meet with the media. Let's first get to the big question, and that is how did Tiger look with his play? What were your impressions uh, of the way Tiger played today in the Pro-Am round? I think it was interesting in, look, we're going to dissect this. This is what we do when it comes to Tiger Woods. I found it fascinating today that the narrative quickly goes from, oh, not, he's just not playing the father-son with Charlie, but now we're starting to look ahead and maybe he could play Torrey Pines and, and this is a comeback. And I, I still find that hard to believe only because there's a noticeable limp. I mean, when he walked onto the range about 30 minutes before his tea time this morning, it was clear it was early in the morning and he is a gentleman with at least 10 surgeries and a rebuilt right leg. I mean, that was obvious right from the get-go. And the swing looks very, very good. I actually saw some swings that, as Mike Thomas alluded to yesterday when we asked him about it, there is some speed in there. Now, it's not Tiger Woods, I don't know, 2018 speed, but it's more than I would have expected, for again, for someone who suffered such a catastrophic accident, as you pointed out, 10 months ago. But I also want to point out the other side of this, that he, after the 11th hole, didn't hit a full shot. He was doing nothing but putting and chipping, and I think that was by design. He knew all along that he's going to have to conserve energy. He knows all along that his partner, his son, Charlie, is going to hit most of the tee shots anyway. There was no reason to. And he talked about it. He mentioned it numerous times that he just doesn't have the stamina that it takes to play competitive golf right now. It is obvious that he is playing this week and only playing this week because of Charlie. Still a great story. I'm just trying to set some expectations. Yeah, it is interesting to note too, Rex, in 2020, when obviously last time the Tiger played golf, this is the exact same thing that he did last year. Last year, we did not know, of course, that he was dealing with that back injury. He ended up going uh, under the knife again for another microdisectomy, but he didn't play all the holes in the Pro-Am during the actual tournament competition because Charlie's playing from the forward tees. They ended up using uh, Charlie's tee balls on, on most holes. That is going to be the case again this weekend. So if you're looking forward to Tiger hitting... 14 drivers uh, in competition this week. It, it is just not going to happen. I did notice, so they've had these live look-ins on 
TV all day, obviously. They just aired actually the Pro-Am round, which might be the first time a Pro-Am round has ever been aired uh, live on Golf Channel. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, he was clearly laboring. Uh, he was dipping out in the card. He either wasn't hitting tee shots. He was just moving very, very slowly, like someone who had a rebuilt leg 10 months ago. They're actually showing him a live looking right now. Charlie, God bless him. Uh, he's back on the range, even though there's 85 degree heat, hitting more balls. And Tiger is laying down on the ground, leaning up against the golf cart. Looks like, I mean, I feel like you should just go give him a, a, a Miller high, a, a Miller tall boy. Like he, he looks ready for a beer, just absolutely wiped out uh, watching his son uh, hit balls. It's kind of a funny sight. Uh, Rex, I am curious. Uh, was there anything you saw today? And I feel like I'm going to ask you a million questions in this podcast. Was there anything you saw today that gave you a little bit better insight into when he might potentially return to the PGA Tour? I think our colleague Todd Lewis said it best this morning as we came up early at 9 o'clock for the first tee shot. and We followed him through the entire Pro-Am round. And, and Todd mentioned the fact that, and I don't know if he used this word, I'm going to go with bamboozled, that what he leaked last month on the internet on Sunday of the RSM Classic, that wasn't much of a swing, but it almost broke the internet. It was very, very cool. What he allowed us to see two weeks ago at Albany during his own Hero World Challenge, it was very, very cool, but it was still only tidbits. Like you didn't get the whole picture. You couldn't see exactly what he was doing to work his way through the bag. I think we got a better idea today of how far along he is in the process. I do think it's interesting. And again, we're kind of picking and piecing words together here. But there was one comment that he made in his post-round interview today that says, I'm trying to play again. But where, that, where he is in that process, it remains a mystery. I mean, I think he is still going to have to evaluate. He's still weeks, if not months, away from deciding, okay, the right leg can hold up enough to play PGA Tour golf because he made it absolutely clear he is nowhere near ready to play PGA Tour golf. This, he called it a hit and giggle. There was a, there was a little bit of hitting and a lot of giggling today. We all know the PGA Tour is not like that. And I, I do want to say, and this was fascinating to me, I did not ask this question, but the person that did, I, I'll give him credit, uh, it was Bob Herrick from ESPN. He asked him about the possibility of if he does come back at some point, let's say next year, on the PGA Tour, would he request a golf cart? And Tiger would shut that down completely and quickly. He would not do that, which I think leads to a bigger question that I, I'm on board even more now with Todd Lewis that I'm going to go with bamboozled again, that he's not giving us the whole picture. And you're right. He's I'm looking at him on the range right now. He looks like a man who's exhausted, but I still think he's a man who believes in himself more than anything. So I jotted down a couple of notes during his uh, post-round presser there. And the exact quote is when asked about a PJ tour return quote, it's going to be, a while. I don't have the endurance. My leg isn't quite right yet. It's going to take time. Here's the important one. I'm a long way away from playing tournament golf. There's going to be moments during this weekend, undoubtedly, when Tiger rips a 300-yard drive and he wedges it to kick in distance and, and makes the easiest birdie you can ever imagine. And there is going to be a natural temptation to say, Tiger's back. Pencil him in as one of the top five favorites for the Masters. Move over John Ra, move over Rory, move over DJ. Like Tiger is coming back. It is a drastically different world to compete against the world's best players on the PGA Tour versus what Tiger is going to be doing 
over the next 36 holes. I wanted to get that out of the way. Like, it is absolutely just remarkable, stop. Rex. It is, just, it is everyone remarkable. Everyone needs to stop. Yes, it is remarkable that he is playing. We, that we, no one is discounting how remarkable this has been. But playing the PNC Championship is not playing in the Masters. Seeing him today, yeah, he did hit some really good shots. And he seemed to be in great spirits, which I think is the most encouraging thing after the hellish year that he has been through. But he is, he is light years. He is, he is miles away from being ready for PGA Tour uh, competition. Like, it's just, it's just a different animal. It just, just walking the 72 holes alone is, is going to be a monumental task. Uh, for his rebuilt body. And, I, and Rex, social media, as you could probably imagine, uh, was ablaze just with range videos or first tee shots or, or what little updates uh, we had, uh, Tiger, from the golf course. And I, I was kind of chuckling to myself because people were seemingly amazed that Tiger Woods is still good at golf, that Tiger Woods is still capable of hitting good golf shots. And we've touched on this, on this podcast a couple of times. Like, Tiger's not an idiot. He knows there's going to be millions of people tuning in to watch him. If he was spraying it everywhere, if he had absolutely no feel in his hands, if he had no idea where the ball was going, he would not tee it up. I don't care how much Charlie was goading him and trying to get him ready for this competition. If he was not playing well, if he was not hitting it as he, maybe it's not as he wants, but at least he's accustomed to seeing, he wasn't going to play. So of of course he's going to hit shots. That's really not, the question when it comes to Tiger Woods, it's, it's what can he do physically? And, and physically, he's, he's just not there yet. It's not fair to think he's going to be there yet. And quite honestly, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a given that he's going to eventually get to a point where he can do it uh, you know, four to six times on the PGA Tour schedule. He is a, an example of modern medicine. He is a miracle of modern medicine. I will say that. Again, 10 months ago, and I asked Tiger, Tiger is up, Tiger is up and moving. Tiger is, here's, here's an update. Tiger is up and moving now, now hitting shots in the range. He is, he has declined your offer for a a Miller tall boy and he is now hitting wedges. Very nice. Um, and I wouldn't give him a Miller tall boy. You know, I'm going straight to the IPA. You know what time it is. You want a a double IPA? IPA. Hazy little IPA. No, I, and I will say this, like it, it is a major medical miracle. That he's just upright, he's moving around, he's able to swing the golf club. He pointed out that he I, he doesn't have a four iron from 220 yards where you have to miss in the right spot. Like he, that's not there, and of course not. This walking 72 holes, that's a whole nother conversation you're going to have. And I asked him a specific question, and this kind of goes to the story that that you kind of hooked into when he won the Masters, and it was, what does it take to put Tiger Woods back together again? And I'm not talking specifically about what the doctors in Los Angeles had to do right after the crash and all the rehab since then, although that's where he took the question. I'm very, very curious and curious what it takes for him to wake up this morning and make it to the golf course and just drive in a golf cart for 18 holes and hit, I'm going to go conservative here, hit maybe 20 shots. I counted every shot he hit on the range this morning. It was exactly 36 shots on the range this morning, so he's clearly not wasting any out there. I mean, there is an enormous amount of energy I can only imagine there's an enormous amount of pain. There's an enormous amount of effort that goes into this. And to your point, I'm not sure that he gets there or not. I'm going to be like everyone else and probably you and just celebrate this for what it is. And it's an early Christmas present for all of us. Just enjoy it. Enjoy watching Charlie. Enjoy watching Tiger smile. But as far as 
where we're going to go into the looking glass and try to figure out next year, what are we going to do? I'm going to fall back on what I think both of us have agreed on. I'm still looking at the U uh, the British open at the open championship at St. Andrews, but it's hard to imagine how he gets from where he is even right now to playing 72 holes of competitive golf next year. And Rex, it, it's crazy to think about that his rebuilt leg has basically rendered his fused back. Like somehow, somehow his fused back is now an afterthought. It's, it's Ken Tiger walks 72 holes of competition. His back is a major concern. His back, you have to remember, was the reason he was not playing tournament golf by the time Riviera and the Genesis Invitational rolled around in February 2021. It wasn't because of his leg. That hadn't even happened yet. It was because his back did not allow him to play golf. So you, you throw in a fuse back that feels good some days, not so good other days. That was already taking, let's call it roughly two to three hours just to get him to get through a regular PGA Tour tournament round. Then you throw on top of that the strenuous rehab and the recovery that it's needed for his leg. And, yeah, it's, he is a testament to, to modern medicine. And if he can get back and play a PGA Tour round, I still will be surprised, uh, Rex. That's just kind of how I'm viewing it. I am curious. You, you touched on this being an early Christmas present. And – I want to take this conversation into now what is like, what's the responsible viewers guide on how to approach these 36 holes for Tiger Woods? Cause I have to be honest, Rex, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit conflicted because I certainly understand the sentiment that, that, wow, we, he's certainly the greatest player that I've ever seen. I wasn't around for, for Jack's prime, but be able to watch Tiger Woods in his prime was an absolute treat. And so, yeah, like, being able to see him now 10 months after this horrific car accident, it's certainly, it's certainly a bonus. I don't think anyone realistically expected that this could happen. And yet another part of me, so you, you kind of want to celebrate that fact and it's great that he's with his son and you're just kind of seeing that dynamic is kind of fun on the opposite end. Like we're golf journalists. We're keen observers of the sport. It is natural to kind of analyze and dissect, Tiger, what's his gait look like? What's his speed look like? What's his yardages look like? How does he, how is his endurance? How does this uh, kind of affect his outlook? That's, that's kind of why I'm conflicted because those are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. And yet I feel torn wanting to touch on both of those in what is essentially a, a silly season event a week before Christmas. Do you, do you kind of feel where I'm coming from? I do. And I think it would be journalist journalistically irresponsible to sit here and, and to do what we just tried to do, right? To speculate, oh, well, now that we've seen him in an 18-hole program where he didn't play most of the back nine, where in the world does he go from here? I mean, I don't think, and this has been the case all along, that we only know what we know, which is terrible, and I apologize for using such a, a bad cliche in a situation, but we only got the three-second snippet of video late last month, and we only got another glimpse into where he was in the rehab process in Albany two weeks ago. And we only got an idea of maybe where he's at throughout the entire bag today. I, and I still think there is so much that we don't know that it would be journalistically irresponsible to look at this any other way than, and it, it was really, really clear when he was asked about this today, he is playing this event and this event only because it's a team event that he can play with Charlie. He was not going to show up at any other event, silly season or otherwise and play. Charlie wanted to play. They had a great time last year. And I think he, he expected to come back, and do it again this year. He would not have done it 
otherwise. And I think to sit here and try to go, well, you know, did you see the eight iron he hit on the 17th tee? I mean, he hit it to two feet. He's clearly ready to compete again. It, it's irresponsible, and it, it, it's kind of ignoring the obvious, which is he is physically not ready now, and I can't imagine any time in the near future going to be ready to compete on the PGA Tour again. You mentioned the word irresponsible, and that's an interesting one because there seems to be this ethical debate that's raging. It was certainly touched on last year, and I think the 2020 PNC Championship, that was really Charlie's coming out party. I mean, we, you'd seen him you know, off and on at, at major championships. You'd seen family photos, but you really hadn't gotten to see Charlie's golf game up close. That was really his coming out party. This year, I think fairly almost all the attention is on Tiger and how, and how he looks 10 months after the crash. Where do you fall on the, I guess it's really just a journalism ethics question of how much attention should we be paying to a 12 year old son of arguably the most famous athlete in the world? Do you think it's fair to cover him? Do you think it's fair to criticize him? Do you think it's fair to show every one of his shots? Where do you kind of stand on this? on this dilemma i feel like i'm setting myself up to be ratioed on twitter here with my answer because this is entertainment and certainly when we, we watched charlotte play today and last year it, it's an entertaining part of the game just because of who he is i mean we all saw the video today i'm sure you saw where they sort of compared the mannerisms to each other and it's uncanny the way they twirl the club the same way and the way they sort of lean against the putter the same way and it's fun and it's neat to watch and I think there is an element of that, that, okay, if Tiger Woods, as his father, decides to bring him to this tournament, then yes, we, we all want to watch it. We all want to indulge. We want to sit at the table. We want to have a full meal of this. Charlie and Tiger Woods playing together, again, it's fantastic. Where I believe the line needs to be drawn, and I will give Tiger credit, and this is where I feel like I'm going to get ratioed by giving Tiger credit, is that he's done a really good job as a dad at this event. We saw it today. I saw it the entire week last year when they were here at the Ritz-Carlton Golf Club, of separating him from everything he does on the golf course and everything Tiger has to do off the golf course. Like, Charlie did not walk over to the scrum area this afternoon to stand next to his dad and hear him answer all the questions. He does not sit in on the interviews. He doesn't play in the pro-am by himself. So t- Tiger on this front is a really, really good dad of drawing that line. And I think that is where I feel like we should respect it because it's his dad. He's the one that decides. I, I think certainly differentiating you know public charlie and playing golf and charlie and everyone wanting his his thoughts on playing the competition those are two different things i i'm actually impressed with tiger how he treats charlie on the on the golf course i i think it's kind of admirable i think the temptation and you've seen it whether it was michael jordan or any other famous parents who are watching their kids uh play the the the, the chosen sport in that family. And Tiger really doesn't seem to be micromanaging at, at all. I, I mean, Charlie's carrying his own bag and he's crunching his own numbers and they're kind of collaborating on the reads, but, but Tiger's not, not holding his hand at all. I think that was certainly apparent in 2020. He was kind of stepping back and letting what was then 11 year old Charlie uh, do his own thing. By all accounts, it looks like Charlie's even, even better this year, even perhaps more comfortable on this stage, what do you think of, of that aspect and how Tiger kind of, even though this is a team event, how he's treating his, his son and what must be a, a, a pretty um, nerve wracking experience. 
this is why I'm going to pull the older dad card on you because until Cam is out stalking fairways and playing high levels of competition, this probably won't dawn on you. But Tiger has probably realized, like most dads do, but to his credit, you're absolutely right, that it doesn't matter what we say. I mean, they're not going to listen to us. Even if you're Tiger Woods and your son is playing golf, there's not a lot of credit given simply because that's the way the father-son and father-child dynamic works. And you're right. Tiger does a very good job of staying out of his kitchen, of just letting him be a 12-year-old kid, let him come out and play golf. He was asked specifically kind of after his round today about, you know, where do you stand as far as being a father and a coach? And he cut the question off right there and he goes, I am not his coach. Like, I don't want to be his coach. That's not what I want. If he's got a question, I'll answer it. I think it's interesting that they talk about the Thomases, Mike Thomas and Justin Thomas being a part of the family now. I think Mike has kind of stepped in as that coach role where there is sort of this, I don't want to say authority figure, but there is this constant of, okay, if I'm doing this with my swing, I'm going to go to Mike and ask him why. Because trust me, when Cam gets to the age where you think you know better and you can tell him that, hey, bud, you're, you're swinging too hard or the club's inside, he is not going to listen to you. Just trying to help you out there, laugh. Uh, I don't even want to teach my wife uh, how to play golf, so I can't imagine that I would uh, step into the role of wanting to teach uh, Cam to do so. Uh, Rex, you're in, a, in an interesting position in that you're one of the few uh, golf writers currently still going who has covered the entirety of Tiger's pro career. There have been a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and I was kind of... That was the most backhanded compliment ever. That you're, that you're, old, <laughs> that you're yeah. old AF. Uh, but... Have not but I am, well. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of struck by the breadth of the coverage, not just the breadth of it, but also just kind of the the breathlessness. We should be used to it uh, when it comes to Tiger Woods, but but this this comeback, maybe it's just because social media is is so dominant in our lives now. I, I am curious when you think back to some of the comebacks that Tiger has had, and he's had numerous ones. In his career, either because of injury or uh, some of his his personal issues, I want to think back to, to 2010 because that's the 2010 Masters, four months after uh, his extramarital affair came out, and he took a basically leave of absence from the PGA Tour. How does like the vibe of the anticipation, the anxiety, the excitement of seeing Tiger Woods play golf this week differ from say? 2010 when we hadn't seen him play in four months and you really didn't know what to expect. I think the, the buzz is similar, you know, on the grounds. And I, I would say the same thing about the hero world challenge two weeks ago when he wasn't even playing then just having him on the ground, you know, sneaking to the backside of the range and hitting balls. It, it sort of got that buzz back that you don't have at tour events for whatever reason, simply because he's Tiger Woods. Now I will say this, like I remember the, the Tuesday interview at Augusta National, and that was more awkward. surreal. Yes, I mean, it was always going to be, there were going to be uncomfortable questions. It was such an odd setting for him to do that at Augusta National, and I, I don't think anything can really compare to that. And I think, again, to his credit, he has kind of gone a long way to, I don't want to call it controlling the narrative, but certainly controlling the conversation, because he's kind of turned into a Ted Lasso-like figure when it comes to this. He's very upbeat. He's very friendly. He's very funny. I was standing on the 11th tee today, and there was a photographer from his equipment company, and he's out there taking pictures, and Tiger swung, and he, and he actually leaned into this one. It looked like probably the, you know, the hardest swing he had taken all day. And he immediately turned to the photographer and goes, you got it? And he kind of got the thumbs up, and he goes, okay, that's it. I'm done for the day. And it turned out he actually was done for the day. But it's just a lighter mood. He's just he's more at ease. He's obviously here having fun 
with his son and, you know, he has, you know, other members of his team are here and they're all sort of enjoying themselves. It was the same thing in the Bahamas. And because of that, you sort of just have this different vibe. And, and so, you know, you can compare it to, and that's a good one. I would compare it to when he came back after the surgeries in 2008, but even that was different because he was, he was still dark and gloomy and you didn't know if he was ever going to be back to anything close to what he was. And I think at this point in his life, he seems to be okay one way or the other. Like we can sit here and debate it. It's great to talk about it, but he is absolutely fine with the idea that, look, if, if my competitive days are behind me, then so be it. I've done really well. And I think that's probably the difference this time around. Yeah. It kind of feels like the 2017 hero that was after the fusion. That was after him basically saying anything that I, else I can accomplish in my career would be great. I remember watching that Thursday. I believe you were in the Bahamas uh, for that. I remember watching that Thursday, just like looking for his gait, looking for his speed, looking for his distances. How is he uh, kind of conducting himself on the golf course? This one feels like that on steroids. I think because of the severity of the injuries that he's sustained, not to say that a, a, a back fusion is by any stretch of the imagination, um, a, a small procedure to undergo, but it was more visceral, the images that we saw coming from the car crash. And just so to see him now, I, it just seems like he's even more under the microscope, just like some of the small things, just some of the, some of the mannerisms than in some of these previous comebacks. Is, do you kind of agree with that? No, and that's a good comparison, 2017. I remember sitting at the press conference he gave at the President's Cup at Liberty National where he kind of mentioned the same thing that, look, you know, if I'm done, I'm done. And I can be proud of what I've been able to accomplish. And that to me was the first time in his entire career that he actually was able to put things in that kind of context where he was able to look back at his career and appreciate what he had accomplished. I'd never seen that side of Tiger Woods. And certainly it's more of that this time around it's times 10 simply because I know, you know, the question I asked him about how do you put, Tiger Woods back together again and how do you compare this one to the other you know times that you had to come back rehab wise or therapy wise and he just he gave me a you know kind of a haunting laugh where you can't compare it like you know he went back to what he had said in the Bahamas about I was just happy to leave the hospital with two legs like it, it wasn't even an option so again you lean into the idea that it's kind of amazing that he's here period and again journalistically you don't want to be irresponsible and start thinking that oh okay well everything's right in the world he'll be the same tiger all over again but you still need to appreciate that as a part of a physical specimen he's done it again even if it, it, even if it ends here even if his competitive days end this week at this tournament with charlie by his side it's still pretty impressive yeah i mean the tiger is resigned to the fact that he is not going to be the player he once was he can't he won't and I'm not even sure he necessarily wants to be. He said he's just not as powerful. He doesn't have the speed. Maybe one day, if everything goes right in his recovery, he can get somewhat close uh, to maybe that 2018, 2019 speed. Um, but I think he's still a long way away from that. Rex, I kept you from uh, sitting down at your keyboard and typing out a column for golfchannel.com. What is your angle? What are you writing uh, today, Friday of PNC Championship Week? Well, I'm glad we did this first because we kind of touched on the things I want to do. So, you know, Tiger sort of touched on this in the Bahamas two weeks ago. He was kind of asked something general about surgeries, and he sort of interrupted the question, and he goes, 10 surgeries. I think it was five on my knees and five on my back. And it was so matter-of-fact, and you start putting them together and you start comparing them. You know, I hate the comparative, comparative shopping thing, 
that we always do, but how is this more difficult than 2017 or 2008? Or and you can sit here and pick and choose. They, they go all the way back. They started in 1994. So this has covered three decades now. And every, every corner of his career has been defined one way or another about how he has rebounded from these physical setbacks. This one clearly feels like uh, it's got to be the tipping point, right? Like, I don't know. I, I just don't know how you step forward and not consider if somehow he's able to come back to the PGA Tour and just compete. You know, I'm not talking about the 16th major or the 84th PGA Tour title. Just talking about being able to walk 72 holes again. I don't even know if that can compare to what he did last time around. And he called it, you know, climbing Mount Everest, getting to the, you know, winning the Masters after all those years and all that pain. I, I think that would be his greatest accomplishment in my mind. Yeah, yeah I, still, I still believe it is a Herculean effort. It would take a Herculean effort, a monumental task to get back uh, to the PGA Tour in some capacity, whether it's playing four to six times a year or playing more than that, playing less than that, we don't know. The PNC Championship is the first step in that comeback when we don't know where the story is going to go. For more stories from Rex, make sure you go to golfchannel.com. PNC Championship will be on our air literally all weekend on every major platform, Golf Channel, NBC, and Peacock. Make sure you check uh, all of Rex's stories on golfchannel.com. We will do the podcast recap. It is sure to be a lively one. We'll maybe tape it Sunday night, even though it's a home game for Rex. Maybe we'll do it on Monday, but we will have a very long debrief on what was Tiger's one and only tournament competition uh, in 2021. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. We'll catch you in a few days with that recap from the PNC. We'll be right back.